This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It seems like everything is now connected to the internet. Like this baby monitoring camera and this refrigerator with cameras built right into the door. Toys are also tied to the web. You're here. How are you? They all have processors that transmit and receive data. It's part of an exploding category of connected devices called the Internet of Things. We're going to have something in the neighborhood of 20 billion of these devices uh, online by 2020. Gadgets that send out information on the Internet can also let hackers into your home. Wake up, little boy. Daddy's up for you. Last April, a New York City couple was horrified to hear a man talking to their three-year-old through a web-connected baby monitor. Paul Violis is a CBS News security consultant, an accomplished author, and a renowned global security and law enforcement expert. With over 35 years of experience, he's dedicated his life to finding solutions for the problems that keep you up at night. This is Security Matters with Paul Violis. Welcome back to Security Matters, a CBS News radio production. I'm Paul Violis, and before we get going, I want to thank everybody for hitting us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, some really great comments. Also want to thank everybody that's uh, had the time to, to uh, send us a rating and a review of the show, which obviously is important for us, especially now that it's a CBS News radio production. So um, just to throw this out there shamelessly, and God knows this is a long breath to, to write this down. Remember, it's, if you can shoot us a rating or review, we would really appreciate it. Uh, www.stitcher.com slash podcast slash cbs cbs dash radio dash news slash security dash matters there there aren't enough slashes and dashes in there i don't i don't know i'm sorry about that but if you can send us a review that'd be great a big thanks big thanks to uh robin from welland ontario robin thanks for for joining us here uh at security matters can't wait to meet you. I know your bro, and you know I love him. He's a great guy. One, in fact, in fact, one of uh, Robin's Robin's brother is by far one of the bravest and most courageous and uh, most solid law enforcement professionals in the world that I've ever worked with. Just just a great guy. Tom from Colorado, thanks for the constant support and love, man. Cindy from LA, hey, thank you for those great comments. Brian from Dallas, Ed, my bro from New York City, a lot of everybody else just hitting us up again. Thank you very much. Today's show is a parent's alert. That's right. It's a parent's alert. I'm being joined also uh, by our executive producer, which now has made Hollywood fame because when you hear the close of this show, you will hear the one and only Seth Nyman, who is, who is the executive producer of Security Matters here at CBS News Radio. Seth, thanks for joining us today. It's always a pleasure, Paul. Now, I want everyone to know that I did give Seth a heads up that uh, we're going to be coming to Seth after we have our guest, Ray McGowan, after we have Ray share with us this critical information to see 
where Seth is in this subject. Um, we're going to be talking about something that, well, it's it, how many people it impacts is just absolutely crazy. Today's Parents Alert program is building secure electronic communications for you and your family. That's right. And we're going to have, uh, out of all the people that I've worked with in the industry, this is the guy that I turn to uh, to take care of all my stuff. I, I don't know what else to say about that. I'm going to give you a, some stats first. I'm going to give you some stats uh, about, um, about cybercrime that I think are not only very telling, but clearly will be a nice entree for, before we get Ray on, um, on the program today. Now, check this out. Um, attackers reside within a network an average of 146 days before detection. An average of 146 days before detection. So for everybody out there that thinks that you got everything squared away, um, you want to think again on that one. 63% of results, 63% of compromises are a result from compromised passwords. 80% of mobile fraud. This I love this because everybody loves apps. 80% of mobile fraud is done through mobile apps. Close to 1% of the world's GDP is lost to cybercrime. I mean, think about that number. So to kind of spell that out a little bit more, in 2016, it was estimated we lost worldwide over $500 billion, with a B, to cybercrime. When we closed 2018, it was over $600 billion. And what's anticipated is costs of data breaches will hit over 2.1 trillion, over 2.1 trillion by the end of 2019. Last year, nearly 700 million people in 21 countries were victimized by cybercrime. Why are we talking about this, ladies and gentlemen? Because obviously, it is the most prolific, it is the most profitable, it is the most aggressive business model on the planet. End of story. Nothing. Nothing can surpass the money these people are making and the growth of this business model. The only thing that can stop it is the information that we're going to talk about today. That's right. The reason why is because with the information you're going to get today, and again, we'll have raised notes up on the site so you can, you know, you can study that. We'll also get you a, a, a direct tie-in if you have questions for them. But the big thing is you have to remember this. The information we will, we will discuss today can legitimately and significantly mitigate the risk of you ever becoming a victim. Now, can anyone provide the panacea? Can anyone give you that, 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 you know, that silver pill, that golden bullet that says, hey, you know what? Do this and you'll never get hacked. No. And if anyone tells you that, they're lying or delusional or both. But, Everything's a numbers game. So the information you're going to get shortly, without question, can put you in a position that will significantly, more than anything else, help you prevent from becoming a victim. Ray McGowan, who's joining us today, is not only someone who I consider a dear friend and, and I love like my own brother, but he's, he's a retired Suffolk County uh, police detective from New York, over 30 years of service to our country, was assigned to the Intelligence Bureau for over 26, where he was in charge of all cyber investigations. What does that mean? That means crimes that per were perpetrated in things like social media, 
account tracking, cell phone tracking, human trafficking investigations, forensic analysis on a variety of types of computers, service phones, etc. He also helped to design and implement the Real-Time Crime Center in Suffolk County PD, one of the most famed, highly regarded police departments in the United States. I'm talking about Ray McGowan. Ray, thanks so much for joining today. Uh, good morning, Paul. Glad to be here. Right. Let's start off right away and let's jump into this thing by benchmarking this subject because it's, it's so wide and so widespread. Um, so let's start out by benchmarking the subject of, of secure communications by defining what is encryption. We keep hearing the term encryption. What is encryption? Well, if, you, if you're going to go by the, uh, the dictionary of, uh, of what encryption is, it's just basically a, a way to scramble data is really what it is. It's, it's being able to using some key form, either a passcode or number form, to scramble data that no one can read without that passcode. Uh, that's, in a nutshell, that's kind of like the basic form of encryption. I mean, obviously, encryption is much more complex these days with you know, 128-bit encryption, 256-bit encryption, uh, passphrases, AES-level encryptions. There's all these different types, but encryption is, is the way to go to, uh, to help uh, protect the data that you're trying to uh, keep from other people. Now, one of the things that, that, one of the many things that you've taught me over the years is that the, the best thing for people to do, and, and to, just so we're on the same page, this information applies to everybody. I don't care where you live. I don't care how much money you make. I don't care what car you drive, what neighborhood you live in. It doesn't make a difference. It applies to everybody. One of the things, Ray, that I know you've said to me a lot is that things, this, your level of cyber protection needs to be layered. Right. I remember you've told me that. So um, let's start with the house. How can Americans secure their email and their communications from their home keyword properly? Well, any type of security um, involves what what we used to call or maybe still call is, is the castle approach. You know, if you think of a medieval castle, and the uh, in the center of the castle is where the king sits, and that's where the vault is, and all the treasure. Surrounded by that is a wall. You know, outside that is a moat. Outside that is a clear area to so they could see people coming, and so on and so forth. So you have layers of defenses before anybody could get to the meat and potatoes of what you're trying to protect. As far as home security and any kind of security, really. Um, most people don't realize that when they set up Wi-Fi in their home, and, and it's become very prevalent. You know, nowadays I, I dare you to find anybody who don't, doesn't have Wi-Fi in their homes. Wi-Fi is great. It, it works phenomenally. But people don't realize that when they go home and they set it up, that out of the box it's, it's almost completely unprotected, uh, meaning that you're transmitting information what's considered in the clear, meaning it's not encrypted before it's transmitted. So... Uh, there's different levels um, and different costs involved with uh, securing your home network. Um, I always recommend people that if you can and you can afford it to don't use Wi-Fi, use a closed system, a wired system. Uh, many of the new homes being built are actually being built with wired uh, networks within them. Now, but what does that mean? It means that they have to have a certain type of wire, like Cat5 or Cat6 cable poles? Yeah, Cat5, Cat6 cabling. It's, uh, it's, it's a data transmit, data grade cabling. Uh, that way, the this, this system is closed. <clears throat> so if you're transmitting data within your system, unless somebody's physically attached to that system, then they can't see anything. 
Okay. Wi-Fi, on the other hand, it's, it's broadcast, so it, it leaves your house. Uh, the new the new Wi-Fi systems, the uh, five gigahertz and the burst uh, systems they have now, and the uh, broadband extension systems, they leave your home. When when they transmit, I could be sitting out in the street with a sniffer, a Wi-Fi sniffer, and pick up transmissions from your house. So sometimes they can go anywhere from 300 feet all the way up to a thousand feet or more, depending on the on the power of the transmitter. Mainly because People now install Wi-Fi transmitters not only in their house, but outside their house, like in the backyard and right. things like that. Right. So when it comes to protection, uh, if you're going to go with Wi-Fi, uh, there's really two major things that you have to be aware of. The one key thing, and you mentioned it before, is passwords. Everybody on the planet uses terrible passwords. I, I've been in this business a long time, both with the PD and, and uh, professionally and I'm amazed sometimes at the passwords people use. You know, birth dates, some people use the word password. You know, it, it's just mind-boggling to me that you would use something so simple to break. Uh, there are general guidelines. Um, my password, for instance, my password is 16 characters long, um, but that's me. I mean, I use numbers, letters, upper, lowercase, special characters like exclamation points, number signs. Um, I use phrases within the password that are noxious. You know, it could be black shoes, could be, you know, socks, could be anything other than something that doesn't relate to you. So that's first. I mean, if people are going to set things up, then set up at least eight characters. Let's see. That's where I'm going, right? So let's, let's give some instruction here to these guys. So everyone that's listening, you want at least eight characters. And of those eight characters, you should have a combination of what? Uh, well, obviously, characters both upper and lower case. The reason being is because computers see a capital A and a lowercase a as two distinctly different uh, things. Okay. So by using upper and lower case, you're actually using a combination that expands the ability for you to secure that link. Uh, obviously, numbers, any kind of sequence, they shouldn't be part of or anything to do with you. You know, I'm not going to use, like, uh, four digits of my birth date uh, as my numbers. I'm going to use maybe a few numbers that I recognize myself that happen to be my favorite numbers, right. but there's nothing that pertains to me. Nothing that somebody uh, would be able to attach to you. Correct. Okay. Um, and finally, like, for instance, and just, uh, just as a side note, most cops use their TIN number. <laughs> right. You know, and, and uh, their, their shield number. So guilty guilty is charged, number. by the yeah. way, Ray. Right. Gu- right. uh, me too. Bro. I'm guilty is no, charged. Uh, so uh, also special characters. Special characters are key. Um, you have to remember that, you know, a password, if, if I was to tell you, Paul, think of a number between 1 and 10, mm-hmm. how many chances do I have to get that number right? 10. I have 10. Right. If I say think of a number between 1 and 1 trillion, I still can get the number. But how long will it take me? Right. Okay? Makes sense. Now, I tell you, think of a number between 1 and trillion and a special character. The, you, you see where I'm going? The, the, Absolutely. The chances of me breaking that password become exponentially impossible. So now let's... That's what... So we that, got the password. If, if, if Most people are going to have to have Wi-Fi. Like most people, let's say if they're renting yeah. an apartment and they have a Wi-Fi or they've moved into a house and they, they don't have the money to start pulling walls down and put up you know, the right kind of cabling. So for one solution with Wi-Fi is improve the passwords like you just said. What's the second solution? Uh, the second solution would be actual hardware, uh, like a firewall. People, 
people have heard the term firewall. They, they think they know what it is, but in essence, most people don't. Um, there's two types of firewalls. There's a software firewall that you see in your Windows operating system or your Mac OS. Uh, those are okay. They, they kind of do the job. But then you have the higher-end ones, which are hardware-level-based firewalls. A firewall is nothing more than a, um, a packet inspector. Any, you got to remember, a firewall protects you from inbound attacks, not attacks from within. Right. So, for instance, a firewall will not protect you if you clicked on a phishing email that you got from somebody and it contained a Trojan, and then that, that Trojan then sets up a link with an outside company. All right, it won't protect against that. It protects against people trying to get into your system, hence the term firewall. Right. It's a breakpoint. So those are, I mean, firewalls, the people think they're astronomical. They're not. You can get a, a commercial-level firewall for less than $500. Sounds like a lot of money, but when, it, when you're trying to protect the data on the inside, it's really not. Right. So those are the those are the big things that you want. I'm going to jump in real quick the and just to kind of add just to add to the anti-crime piece that, that Ray was mentioning. When Ray's talking about, you know, around 500 or less, think about the one thing he said that people target residential communities. For those of you out there that say, well, I'm in a gated community, right next to Jumbo Shrimp is up there with the greatest oxymoron of all time when it comes to security. It's gated community. There is no security in your gated community. If there is, it's hardly any someone can sit outside and they do sit outside frequently it's a good business model and that's how they get into your system so when you think of what your potential loss is if you're willing to spend money on a home security system which i encourage you do then think about installing that firewall i mean it goes it goes to raise point right i mean if you and we get it people people will spend thousands of dollars to, in a home security system, protect the windows, doors, motion sensors, glass break sensors. But the worst kind of thief out there, the worst kind of scumbag out there, is the guy you never see. Right. And, you know, and, the, and the guy who comes into your home electronically. And I'm going to touch on something real quick here before we take a break. And that is um, a, lot of news on the, a lot of news lately about Alexa and people hacking into Alexa. And Alexa is listening all the time. And risks associated with devices like Alexa or baby monitors. And one of the things that when we were covering this story when Alexa came out, one of the things that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ray, but this, what Ray's saying right now goes right to the whole Alexa fright, is that if you protect your inbound information, you don't have to worry about Alexa or baby monitors. Am I correct, Ray? That's that's true. I mean, you'd have to understand how Alexa works. People... Um Alexa, people, people watch too much TV when it comes to computers and electronics. Alexa, is a, it's a device, obviously, and it's an aid, but, and it does listen to your conversation. But it only will listen, it listens for uh, what's called a wake word or a keyword. in this case, Alexa. When it hears the word Alexa, it records what you say after that, and then it sends that information over to their main site to answer you. So, for instance, if you say, Alexa, what's today's weather? Well, it, the Alexa word woke it up. It recorded what's today's weather. It sends that information to their main computer site. The computer site sends back the information you requested, and then it speaks it to you. 
it doesn't listen all the time. It, it's listening for a wake word, and it only listens for a few seconds at a time, and then it deletes the audio. People don't understand. People think it's listening and recording your conversations. If that were true, it would overwhelm the, the Amazon system. It, it, just, it just doesn't work that way. Now, that being said, you know, there have been uh, recorded cases where Alexa, it's a computer system. Uh, speech recognition is still, in my opinion, in, in its infancy. It, it picked up what it thought was the wake word and started recording the conversation. And then, unbeknownst to the user, it, they might have said another keyword. It's it's happenstance, right? But generally speaking, it's not it's not spying on you. You know, they they do have uh, a lot of questions that floating around them about being hacked. Generally speaking, they really can't be hacked unless you have physical contact with them, and it's not for like 30 seconds. If I if I were to get a hold of an Alexa and had it for I don't know an hour or so. We could hack into it and maybe change a few things, but you have to have physical contact. Right, but coming back to the, my original question, right? Mm-hmm. When you would talk, when we talked about, uh, and what people are listening right now, I want you to, this is what I want you to take away from this. Alexa, baby monitors, devices like right. this right. are connected well, to your uh, Wi-Fi connection. So, and if your if, Wi-Fi connection is secured then they're secured. Correct. And, that, and that's the point I just wanted to raise here for, to get rid of this fear about that. This comes back to that firewall. It comes back to the passwords, those two things in securing that Wi-Fi if you're on it, and, right? And encryption. And, well, right, right, exactly. So these are the things that... Like if, go ahead, Ray. If you, if you encrypt your Wi-Fi network in your home and you give it... Um, AES level, either 128-bit or I would even go 256-bit encryption. No matter what device is connecting via that Wi-Fi network, whether it be an audio device like the uh, Alexa or Google Home or Siri or one of the other ones, but it will also encrypt and lock down video, like including for baby monitors. But the encryption they're getting through the firewall, correct? Well, the encryption is, yes. It's, well, it's not, it depends. If the firewall is actually supplying the, the Wi-Fi signal, then yes. But sometimes the Wi-Fi transmitter and the firewall are two separate devices. So in order for people sometimes to understand what we're talking about, so they can, we, we want them to implement it, right? right? We said, as far as this, and we need to move on after this, we, we said as far as if you, the best thing to do is a closed system where you have the proper cabling. And if you can't, two things. Mm-hmm. Improve your passwords, like we talked about, eight yeah. characters, and install a firewall, right? right. Okay. Yeah. These are the things that can significantly protect you from that. The past comment oh, yeah. on the Alexa and devices like that, my comment there, everybody, was this. Those are compromised from the outside. Right. Unless you have somebody that's going to camp outside your house and go inside your room and spend an hour or two trying to, t- t- to attack the, the device, which isn't going to happen. So those are the yeah. things we need to concentrate on. Um, uh-huh. m- moving past this, one of the biggest problems that we have with respect to electronic communications, Ray, is social media communications. You've invested a lot of issues there. Before we take a break, what are some of the tips you have for safe social media communications? Well, the, again, going back to the same one, it's the same as everything else. It's complex passwords. Uh, whether you're using Facebook or Four Corners or the old MySpace or Instagram or Twitter, whatever you're using, Complex passwords on those also 
protect the site. And you should also get into the habit of using different passwords for different social media sites uh, for obvious reasons. If your password's compromised, then whoever compromised the password has access to all your social media. Right. That's first. Second would be uh, to use something in the order of a two-step authentication. Uh, some social media sites have them. Some don't. It depends. But they're all moving towards it. So when you log into, say, for instance, Facebook and you have two-step authentication enabled, uh, as soon as you try to log in, it will ask for a code. Then your phone will ring and will show a code on your phone. That helps to protect it uh, against uh, hackers. Excellent. Those are the two best things to do. Now, what about we, when people are traveling, though, right? I mean, we talked about the home. Mm -hmm. People are traveling with respect to their phones, you know, respect right. to laptops, um, mm -hmm. iPads. What's the best way to protect the data both at rest or in motion when people are traveling? Well, if you're traveling and you're connecting to a Wi-Fi system somewhere within either the United States or outside the United States, you should be using some kind of intermediary VPN. Uh, VPN is a virtual private network. Again, it goes back to the idea of encryption. So even if you were to, say, connect to a public Wi-Fi system in, in Belfast, okay, uh, you would use a... VPN software such as uh, ExpressVPN or NordVPN, there's, there's a whole bunch of them out there. That VPN software acts as a go-between and encrypts all of your data that you're sending to and from your device. So even if somebody were listening or were uh, trying to capture the, the data streams from your device, all they would see is gibberish. So then the key to protecting your data when you're traveling is to incorporate a, a VPN on your laptop so that you're encrypting yeah. the data when, you, when you're traveling, correct? Absolutely, yes. Okay, and someone can find that how? Where, where would they find that, Ray? Uh, you can get them on the web. Um, I okay. mean, I can send over a list of good ones, but the uh, ones, uh, I know NordVPN is a very good one. Uh, ExpressVPN is also very good. They all use the same technology. You've got to remember, uh, encryption was developed by the United States. Um, it's not like uh, proprietary information. It's an encryption that everybody uses. AES right. level encryption is important. So, okay. so any of those would work. Well, well, just for everybody listening, we'll make sure those will be in the notes um, that will be posted at, you know, at, uh, on the Security Matters page at, at CBS Audio. Mm -hmm. um, Ray, we hear a lot, especially around tax time, about people getting their, their you know, tax returns compromised and people sending confidential documents that, that get compromised. What is the best way to protect documents that you send via email? Well, again, we're, we're back to the same, the same type of discussion. It's encryption. Um, okay. I, I never send anything. There's two, there's two ways to do it. Uh, actually, if you want to encrypt your hard drive uh, of your device at home, whether it be a laptop or a desktop, you can do that, and that automatically encrypts all the data. Or you can use um, BitLocker, which is built into Windows, or any other type of encryption software. Perfect. Uh, it's AxeCrypt. There's a whole bunch. And that encrypts the file itself, and then you would, can then send it over the, you know, over the net to whoever the recipient is, and then either call that recipient um, and let them know what the key code is to open it, or... Uh, you know, text each other or something along those lines to secure the document so it's, uh, you know that it gets to the proper recipient without being opened. Makes a lot of sense. Um, mm -hmm. We keep we hear a lot about identity theft schemes. 
What are some of the ones that we people, should, our listeners, should be really kind of looking at right now? Well, the, the it's it, I, the, the the theft scams are, in my opinion, common sense. Um, the biggest ones now are the phone scams. They'll actually call your house. Uh, a lot of people get well, phone calls from what the person is saying is Microsoft, saying that uh, they picked up an, a virus coming from your machine, and and they try to convince you to actually. They actually walk you through the steps to allow them to get into your computer, which is mind-boggling to me. People have to understand that no company, none, zero, Microsoft, SMC, any of the big NEC, Xerox, none of them will call you. It's just like the banks. The banks don't call you, and if they do, you, you have to call them back to verify that if it's the right person or not. So those are the scams that are going around. The biggest one would be the um, the Microsoft scam, the tech support scam. Right. Uh, you'll see them on websites that guide you towards an 800 number. And people just have to take a step back, look at it for a second, and know. And I tell people this when I, when I do seminars. 99.9999% of the stuff on the net is a scam. You know, and they have to, they, it's, you know, buyer, buyer beware. They have to be a, a really really paranoid when it comes to giving information on the web. What's the solution? If they see something and they're not sure, what's, what's your advice? Just don't do it? Just don't do it, yeah. I okay. mean, look, if, if they have a problem with their computer, they can call Microsoft Direct, all right? They go to Microsoft, they go to a valid site, Microsoft.com, and make sure that it's showing in the address bar as Microsoft.com, and then chat with somebody or you know, call a directory and get the actual tech support number that's so you know who exactly you're talking to and then work it out that way. Makes all the but, sense uh, in the world. You know what, it's an extra step, but I can tell you right now, working all these cases that we work, um, yeah, it's a whole lot better to take five minutes and do this on the front end than have your whole life turned upside down by becoming one of those nearly 700 million that were uh, victimized oh. last year by cybercrime. Oh. Um, Great information, Ray. You're listening to my conversation with cybersecurity expert Ray McGowan here at Security Matters at CBS News Radio. We're going to take a quick break here, but uh, when we come back, Ray's going to offer some tips to parents on how to protect children from Internet-related crimes like sextortion, bullying, gaming, and the rest. Stay with us. If you find out that your account has been hacked, what should you do? So number one, change your password. It seems really obvious, but just go in there, change your password. Shouldn't be one, two, three, four, five. Password one, two, three, four, five is not a good choice, okay? This is my professional opinion, <laughs> not a good choice. Number two is depending on the hack, you definitely want to let the people in your contact network know, whether you're on Facebook or email, that you have been hacked. So when they get that email asking for $50 million from you, they're not surprised, right? You, that, that's one of the big things. Phishing is a big thing. Um, the third thing you want to do is you definitely want to keep it an eye on your other accounts because if they were able to get access to social security information or credit card information through the email, you, your other information could be at risk. Now, back to Security Matters with Paul Violas. Welcome back to Security Matters. I'm Paul Violas, and I've got cybersecurity expert Ray McGowan with us. Ray, as we said before we took a break, in closing, what is your message to parents as it relates to the thing that keeps parents up at night constantly. Crimes, well, uh, crimes, internet-related crimes, such as sextortion, bullying, the rest. What's your message to parents about how they can protect their, ki their children from internet-related crimes? Well, my, my, my general 
feeling on that is I'll give you the same thing that I told my kids when they were small. You know, I'm not here to be your friend. You want a friend, get a dog. All right, I'm, I'm here to be your father. All right, which means in my, my world that anything they do on the net is going to be watched by me, which means and translates to don't trust your kids that they're doing the right thing. They're children. They don't have the cognitive ability yet to really understand the dangers that are out there like we do. Um, I would create separate accounts on the computer just for your kids, accounts that only you know the password to so that if they want to do web searching, that's including on the phone. If they want to do web searching, they have to go through you. I would also install um, uh, tracking software on their both all their devices, whether it be a tablet, iPad, iPhone, Android, computer, laptop, doesn't matter. Uh, there are prog- products out there uh, like NetNanny, uh, Norton Online Family. There's a whole bunch, K9 Web, that you can install what are called content filters on the computer, which will transpose to an iPad and an iPhone. Um, those are the things that really matter the most because you never know who you're talking to. These kids, you know, they're so quick to want to be friends with somebody on social media, they'll They'll, anybody can pop in and say, hey, I just saw your picture online, it looks cool, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, next, and they don't realize it, but they're talking to some uh, 45-year-old uh, psychopath that they, don't, that they think is 12. Right. You know, I've done hundreds of cases like these, and they all end badly. So, you know, my advice is don't trust your kids. Another thing is also keep track of not only what they're doing on the web, but what they have in their rooms. You know, a lot of cases we worked on, when we examined uh, the living spaces where the kids lived in the house, their beds, their, their paperwork, their, their books, they wrote down all kinds of different clues that, of things that they weren't supposed to be doing. Kids love to, they love to write things down. They love to uh, spread the word about whatever, you know, um, they, and they don't trust their parents. And there are ways you could do this without you know, making them feel like they're being watched. There's all kinds of software, the SpectreSoft, which will monitor what they do on the web in the background without them knowing, and if they do something they're not supposed to do, it will notify you immediately via text or email, and then so you can jump right on it. And but unfortunately these days you have to watch what they're doing all the time. I, I completely agree. I'm going to shift to Seth here in a second. I want to tell everybody – uh, make sure that you go over to CBS Audio slash podcast. Go to the Security Matters page. We're going to have information that Ray's been talking about today up there. Also, if you're sitting there saying, wow, this is a ton of information, and especially parents right now, Ray just mentioned this, mentioned that. Don't stress. Go just go to CBS, go to um, CBS Audio slash podcast. Go to Security Matters. I'll have Ray's information there. Um, you can contact him at Micronet Computer Systems. Uh, which is his firm, and you can call him, email him. He's really accessible. I mean, they, so if you you're concerned, you're getting there's a lot of information here. You don't worry about it. All right, we've got an answer for all of the things we're talking about. So with that, before I give you my close, uh, I'm going to go briefly here to um, our executive producer Seth Nyman. Seth, uh, obviously a skilled professional in the in in the radio and podcast industry. Uh, and also a father of four, right? A father of four, who is a lovely wife, Melissa. Hi, Melissa. Anyway, um, so Seth, you've you just listened to um, 
everything that Ray said over the last 33 minutes. What do you think? Where are you guys at? We're somewhere in the middle. I, you know, the password thing we got down, uh, I definitely have experienced enough to know not to uh, fall for, you know, I, we've, we've all clicked on things we weren't supposed to, but for the most part, we've lived and learned to stay away from things. I've, I've had those phone calls even from Microsoft, which I've entertained just for my own amusement. And you just realize who's on the other line. It gets really crazy. Those are real and those happen. I've been on those lines a couple of times. Um, the, the thing that really interests me is, is the security, the security part of it. Um, the being able to see what your kids are doing and, and tracking, uh, tracking software. It's something I have to look at. My six year old just got a, a, he got an iPad for his birthday. I didn't give it to him. His grandparents did, but I've also learned since he's gotten it. It's you, you, not only do you monitor what they're doing, but just, you know, I, I almost feel like I have to sit there with them and, and, and use it with him. And, and also limit the time on there. His behavior has changed if he wants to use it all the time. And we're really uh, trying to stay on top of it. And, and, and actually, we didn't even let him use it during the week. He can only use it on weekends. And just really limiting the time and what he actually does on there, too. And he's only six. So we also right. have an 11-year-old who has his own phone. To, and he has a phone to keep in touch with us, let us know if he's staying late after school. And, you know, I don't have anything tracking on there now. And that's something I definitely have to look at. And I love the message Ray gave because we've, we've given this message many times. You know, your kids are not your friends. And, right. and it's our responsibility you know, to keep them safe. And couldn't have said that any better, honestly. I, I will just say this um, before we close. When, when you know, we talk about don't trust your kids, we love our kids. Uh, I can tell you I've, I've known Ray for God knows a long time. He's got two incredible children that are phenomenal adults that are just huge contributors to the overall American community. Um, if you ever want to laugh and you ever talk to my daughter and she'll tell you stories about growing up as, with me as her father and they're hysterical. I didn't realize I was that ridiculous, but they're, they're pretty <laughs> funny. Um, nonetheless, the message as we close here today, um, our show, Building Secure Electronic Communications for You and Your Family, we know that, one, the probability of risk is extraordinary. It's higher than any other crime. End of story. It's got the most prolific criminal business model or business model in general. It's going to continue. What I ask you, I beseech you, take this away from today. You can stop from being a victim. Follow the things we talked about today. There's a lot of information that Ray went over, a lot. Um, when you go to um, the Security Matters page at CBS Audio, there'll be information there on Ray's notes. There'll also be a place to contact Ray and other places to get more information. That's part of the value of Security Matters here at CBS. It's part of why it's so important because we live with this plethora of risk around us, but we should not be paranoid. As long as we're prepared, this information can significantly place you in a much better situation so that you don't ever have to pick up the phone, God forbid, and have to report being victimized, or even worse, your kids being victimized. So uh, please, please take that into consideration. Um, you've been listening to Security Matters with Paul Violas, a CBS News radio production. For more excellent podcasts from CBS, go to cbsaudio.com slash podcasts. And that's, of course, where you can find us. Continue to hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Paul Violas. 
Uh, we now have the, the uh, show's sites, which are at CBS SEC Matters, both Twitter and Facebook. Hit us up there. If there's a show that you want us to do, like today, we're going to make sure we do it. On behalf of everybody here at Security Matters, we thank Ray for joining us, Seth for weighing in, and everybody for tuning in. Be safe, be well, God bless. Thanks for listening to Security Matters with Paul Violas. The podcast is produced by Seth Nyman and CBS News Radio. For more podcasts from CBS News, visit cbsaudio.com slash podcasts. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts.